Hello, friends. It's Arlene Smith, Healing the Hearts of Healthcare. Welcome back. I'm just so glad that you're here because that means you recognize that you can benefit from healing your heart and your mind. And that's great because even healers need to be healed. And today's podcast is all about why we need to forgive ourselves. Remember, we are all on a journey here together in life school. And you were designed to care for others. And healing your heart will allow you to continue on in that journey. So before we can even begin to start to heal, I feel like so many of us in healthcare need to learn why we need to forgive ourselves from what we've experienced. And for me, it's all about releasing the pain and suffering of the great sadness so that I can make room in my heart, again, for love and joy and laughter and compassion. And just like you, I too experienced the pain and the suffering firsthand of serving during the pandemic. And that every single one of those experiences that happened to you were like layers of your heart being peeled away. And I know that, and you know that. And like everything in life, there is a time and a season for every single experience that we go through. So now is the time for so many of us to heal our hearts and to replace that great sadness with those feelings of joy and hopefulness. Yes, hope, because you can heal your heart and you can lead with passion and connect to purpose because you deserve it and you're a caregiver. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not sure if I need healing or sign me up, please. I'm on the brink of burnout. I'm second guessing whether this is the job for me. Well, then you're in the right place. You're about to learn why forgiving yourself is such an important step in healing your heart. And it doesn't matter the reason that drew you in here. What matters most is you are here. And I'm so proud of you because you've recognized that you need inspiration and you need encouragement to renew your spirit and get you back to where you were meant to be, that compassionate caregiver who was put on this earth to care for people in need. So as a nurse educator, I've done lots of research over the years on the benefits of forgiveness. And sadly, in my life, uh, there were times when I had to use these principles to grant myself permission to forgive. And that's why I say grant myself permission, because forgiving someone is really difficult, but it's necessary, because in the act of forgiveness, you as the person make a conscious choice to wipe away those terrible thoughts from your mind so that they no longer have power over your internal emotions. So what are some of the things that you might need to forgive yourself of? If I were sitting next to you, I would tell you, I want you to sit in quiet reflection, and I want you to think about the care that you delivered during COVID and all of those experiences. And by the way, we've all had them, you know, the ones that weigh down your heart. And what I want you to do is take out a piece of paper and write those feelings down. Don't be afraid. No one's going to see it but you. And what I've learned is something magical happens when you put pen to paper. So the first step is bringing those experiences to the surface so that you can begin the process of healing. And you will find over time that these experiences are no longer going to take a front seat in your mind. And they will no longer add to the heaviness on your heart. They will simply be words and something new will be in its place. And those experiences, now that time has passed, will just be a testament of your strength, your resiliency, and your ability to recover from that great sadness. So I know it's hard, but I have found that most times in our lives, if we deal with the hard things instead of pushing them away in our own quiet self-reflection, we can begin healing. And those are the conditions where we can see beauty instead of all of our ashes. 
And because we're no longer afraid of those experiences, and we know that they no longer have power over us. So I'm going to go first in the spirit of vulnerability as a professional nurse who entered the field of healthcare because I knew I could make a difference. Well, COVID changed everything for that. And I know so many of you were like me, and you worked really hard on skill development. But the truth is COVID changed all of that overnight. And I must admit, I recall in one of my journal entries how I wrote a note to myself saying I had to ask a peer nurse, how do we actually provide care? And I felt a little bit like Katniss in Catching Fire, the second series, right, where she's in that sort of um, arena and they figure out that the whole arena is a clock face and the game makers very quickly change their surroundings so that they get confused and disoriented. That's how I felt overnight. And for me, I know I need to forgive myself because I didn't always agree with the regulatory aspects and the provisions that we were held to in long-term care like having to force a family member to stand outside a window while their loved ones were leaving this earth. And I know because I have lots of friends in the hospital setting that you feel the same way. There were people that were left to die alone. You were the only person that was around. And all of those experiences weigh very heavily on a person's soul. And so for me, when I think about forgiving myself, there's one big thing that sort of stands in the top of my mind, and that's when we were instructed under the regulations for infection prevention and control to test residents um, for COVID, right? Even if we had somebody that was symptomatic and everybody had to be tested, right? Or when we had a positive case, we had to test people twice a week. And I think about the differences between those those residents who were alert and oriented and understood what was happening. Um, and then I think about those residents that had cognitive issues or maybe were living with d- dementia. And I replay those experiences in my mind because as much as I try to frame them out that I was really trying to provide care, I can't help but thinking of the pain and the suffering that that caused. I mean, even as a nurse, I knew this. Right. There were going to be times I would have to do things like cleanse wound beds or hold a child down so a doctor can put stitches in when I worked in the ER. These are the things we justify because we say this is part of healing. But with COVID and testing, it was different. I mean, these were residents who months prior to I was giving them hugs and I was holding their hands and I was giving them a back rub or a foot, a foot rub. And here I was the chief pain inflictor. And we tried to explain it by saying, like, we're here to tickle your brain, and I'm so sorry we're having to do this. But now when I look back in my journals, I can see the weight of all that, especially with residents that had cognitive impairments, right? They were looking at me differently after the testing. Like, why are you hurting me? Why can't I see somebody? Why do I – I can't see your lips. Why is everybody screaming, right? Sometimes just writing down the words is the first step in forgiving yourself. And if you're struggling with this exercise, I want you to think about sitting in quiet reflection. And I want you to walk through sort of this visualization exercise because I feel wholeheartedly that we're all put on this earth for a purpose and we're all in life school. We're sent here to learn something. And sadly, none of us know how long we're going to actually be here. But the experiences that we have, that shapes the way we see other people. It shapes the way people see us as human beings. And so what if I were to tell you that tomorrow someone would be forced to write your obituary? What if it was somebody that knew you inside and out? 
and they had to share words about you at your celebration of life, what would they say about you as a person? What would they say about your character? Would somebody say something like, oh, that Arlene, she never held on to grudges or anger or resentment. She knew that everything that happened in her life was meant to happen for a reason, to see how she did in life school, and that somehow she found ways to channel her inner peace, and she made it a point every single day to let her spirit rest in quiet, still silence, to heal herself. She knew that complaining without taking action would only pull her spirit down lower. And she was so passionate about making sure that people who care for people take the time out of day to heal themselves. And she wanted caregivers to connect their passion for healing others to some greater sense of purpose. And she freely showed others how to lead through compassion and love and kindness. And she was brave because she knew that caring for others was really hard work. And she wanted caregivers to forgive themselves of the pain and suffering that they were forced to endure. Because she knew that those heavy burdens, once they released off of people's hearts, they could choose to be light bearers. And the simple fact is, is that as we think about our life, wouldn't that be a great obituary? I mean, what if the person writing your obituary truly had to struggle with writing those words? Because you didn't realize the power that was associated with forgiveness. And one act of self-forgiveness is the best gift that you could give yourself because it's so freeing. It's freeing to your spirit and it's freeing to your soul. And I would argue that it's the most compassionate exercise that you can do for yourself. It's true embodiment of self-love and healing. And what I found is that some people equate forgiveness with surrendering. And I imagine this is due to our power of our own ego and our own rational mind. See, our ego affects our internal belief system. But if we spend time while we're in life school and we're seeking to examine the truth behind the experiences that we face, and for many of us, that truth lies in that act of forgiveness. It starts with forgiving ourselves because every single experience that we've had, especially those around pain and suffering, we must find ways to heal. And I speak to so many healthcare workers in the span of minutes, I can see the tears welling up in their eyes and the crackle in their voice because these things had life-altering effects to the human spirit, and you're a healer of people. So this is your call to action to heal yourself. And so I'm so reminded of this story um, by Tyler Perry in his book, Hire um, is Waiting. And I love it. If you don't know Tyler Perry, he's such a successful actor and playwright and filmmaker and producer. But in the book, he speaks of forgiveness as not just an act of surrendering. It's not like you're giving up or you don't care anymore. It's an act of trust. And you're recognizing that you're letting something go because you know there's a higher power at play here and that you're going to be rewarded because you're brave enough to truly forgive. And anybody who looks at Tyler Perry now might be thinking, what a life this man has. But Tyler admits very openly of the pain and the suffering that he faced as a child, but also as an adult who had a father who physically abused him. And so there was a point in his life where he was homeless and sleeping in his car, and he shares this beautiful testimony about how he was living in a motel room, and he was allowing the ex- the exhaust from cars to seep under his door, and he was breathing it in and, and, pe- and praying for an end to his sadness. And thank goodness he didn't. Every single one of us has burden, pain, and suffering. And when we work in healthcare, if you're not careful, those experiences don't just adhere to your heart, but your mind, but they play tricks on you. 
and they will reply over and over and over again. So how do we start by self-forgiveness? Well, in his book, he introduces this absolutely beautiful, beautiful um, message that he 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 does to take care of himself. And I want to share it. It's actually from an interview that he had with a CBS producer back in 2013. And they said to him, um, why don't you pen a letter to your, the younger version of yourself? And it shows the power of releasing our pain and suffering from our past and creating a new trajectory for our future. And I want to read this passage because I think it's so powerful, and I think it just speaks a lot when it comes to our character as human beings. He says, on a flight from Los Angeles to New York, I wrote the letter to my 13-year-old self. Flying is one of the few opportunities I get to disconnect from the constant demands and interruptions. On this morning, I rolled down the shade, I opened my laptop, I let my memories and heart open like a golden horizon. This is what I wrote. I know you don't know this right now, but who you become is being shaped inside every one of the experiences you're having. The good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly ones. I know there's a part of you that worries that you won't live to be 30 years old. I want you to know now that you will, and it is going to be okay. When you think you have no one to protect you, you have something inside protecting you. And when you are told you are nothing and something inside says, don't believe that, that is the voice of God. When a teacher tells you that you'll never be successful because you are poor and black and something inside of you says, she's wrong, that is not true, that is also the voice of God. I know the most important thing right now for you is that you want to grow up and do well enough to be able to take care of your mother. I know you're worried about her. I know you're very concerned. You're 13 right now, and you're worried she won't live to see your 14th birthday. So you aim to take on great burdens, and you want to do all you can. I want you to know that it's going to be okay. You are going to take care of her, and she lives for 30 more years. And she sees you thrive and be happy, and more than anything, you see her living the best life she ever could. That's because you. You made her feel so proud. And when I read that letter, I think about the love that he has for himself. I mean, think about this. He very openly talks about this recognition that we cannot, in the book, turn back time. We cannot change history. But by writing this letter to the younger self, we can turn that memory's kaleidoscope and switch that image in a figurative sense, because we can look at the situation on paper with a child's tenderness and hope and find gratitude in those trials that we survived. So later today, I want you to take five minutes out of your day, and I want you to write that letter to your younger self and approach it with a spirit of tenderness and softness and kindness. And imagine those words that you would say to a young child And imagine the support that you would be giving to a young child and let those words soften your heart and allow the healing to enter in. And I get it. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, which is our ability to let go of anger and resentment and a desire of uh, 
frustration and our feelings and thoughts. It's a conscious choice. You decide to move forward with compassion, empathy, and understanding. And that act, that expression of forgiveness, it's very hard for many people, and I respect that. It's a deeply personal choice. But I promise you it will lead to inner peace. So many years ago, when I was struggling with forgiveness, I think of this book, The Shack by William P. Young. The book itself spoke volumes to me. And it's an amazing book. It's also a movie. The primary message is really about forgiveness. And if you haven't read it or seen it, you should add it to your list. But there's this beautiful scene in the book where Mac is walking through the woods and he's broken and he can't imagine how he's ever going to forgive the man that wronged him. And I'm not going to spoil the book for you, but in the book, Mac meets God in a shack and he doesn't know why he's there, but he's drawn in and he really just doesn't understand. But during one conversation, he understands how he can forgive. And it is simply by Mac repeating the words to himself, I forgive you. And every time he takes a step, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. And when I watch that scene, it sends chills up and down my spine because it's a very simple message of hope, right? Forgiveness is central to our core. Without it, we will never ascend to inner peace. We will never achieve our highest potential. And I love this scene in that movie and the way it's predicted as well, because forgiving ourselves and forgiving other people sometimes is just as simple as us saying, I forgive myself. I forgive myself over and over again. Now, when I did this exercise for myself, because all those COVID experiences, it was profound and it was very powerful. And I swear by it. I I know there's no research behind it, but my soul felt a little lighter. And that space where the great sadness formed around my heart started to peel back in retreat. And in that place, I started to experience joy and love and happiness all over again. And I know as healthcare workers, we all went through hell and back. And those experiences no longer need to live permanently attached to our souls. It's time to take our lives back. And it's time to allow ourselves to experience joy and happiness and grant ourselves permission to give our love freely. Remember, we are caregivers. That is what we were designed to do. We do it to complete strangers, and that's our purpose. And so we deserve to be cared for as well. We deserve our souls to be cared for as well. And I know what you're probably sitting here secretly thinking, forgiveness is hard, and um, I don't know if I can do it. I want you to see it differently. What if the others that came before you did, and they did it differently? Could you learn from their experiences? And when I think of forgiveness, I think of this great book, um, Amish Grace, by Donald uh, Craybill, Stephen Nolt, and David Weaver Zecker. And we learned about Charles uh, Carl Roberts IV, who armed himself with guns, and he entered this Amish community, um, this schoolhouse in Nickel Mines, PA, and he killed five schoolgirls, and he seriously wounded five others. And with hatred and anger in his heart, he turned this tranquil, beautiful schoolhouse into tragedy in 2006. And that's something that every member of our surrounding Amish community couldn't even fathom this senseless act. But what is so beautifully conveyed in the book is how this quiet, isolated community came to realize that Charles Roberts, who killed himself when the police arrived, had a widow and children. And they were also suffering from what Charles did. And the members of the surrounding Amish community knew that not only were their hearts broken, but 
Charles's wife and children's hearts were broken. And within hours of his death, they searched this family out to spend 10 minutes expressing the deep sorrow that they had for them in the loss of their husband and father. I mean, imagine that. Instead of returning hate for hate, they showed compassion, they showed love, they showed forgiveness, and they were moved by empathy at the suffering of another family that was left behind. They even encouraged Carl Roberts' widow to stay within the community where she would receive the help and the support that she desperately needed. And when they had the funerals of the children, they invited her family to come. And when she buried her husband, over 75 Amish family members attended his funeral. What's beautiful in the story is that the Amish also donated money to the Roberts family. And Amy Roberts explains in the book that because of that forgiveness that was expressed so profoundly by the Amish community, it brought everyone even closer together. And it helped her family heal through sadness and sorrow. And I love that because this idea about forgiving ourselves, that as healthcare workers— there are so many things that are outside of our control that happen to us, and we've been called to action to serve, and we are there to provide compassionate care to those who desperately need it. And I know I speak of myself when I think about my career. I think about the times when I wasn't able to deliver the care in the manner in which I wanted to, to give it or I believe somebody deserved it. And I know I'm not alone. You all have experiences like that, where you weren't able to provide care in the way that you believed it should be delivered. And sometimes that alone holds a heavy burden on our hearts. And if it's left unchecked, over time, it will slowly chip away over your heart and your mind, and it will leave you thinking, should I even keep doing this work? And the answer is, of course, yes, you should. It's your purpose, because when you were made, you were designed to care for others. It was intertwined in your DNA. But you have to care for yourself. So it requires daily practice of retraining your brain and inviting that softness back into your mind and your heart. So think about it. As human beings, we're all unique. We're all imperfect. That means every single one of us is fully capable of doing something to either somebody intentionally or unintentionally to harm a person. And what I want you to imagine when you head into work or you head into that next shift is this recognition that every single person that you come in contact with is coming from situations from different experiences. We've got to get better at recognizing this, that someone's experience, whether it's past or present, can shape the way they see the world. It absolutely shapes the way they respond to pain, suffering, and stress. And sometimes the best things that you can do is to show self-restraint and imagine love instead of revenge. And that's hard. It's just living in our current world. I mean, look at the top leaders in our world. They are not leading by example. But if you come to this realization that every single per person on this earth has some degree of burden and suffering, that in itself will help you show empathy. And remember, empathy is your ability to walk in someone else's shoes. So although you cannot experience someone's burden, and people have become really good at disguising burden, their pain and their suffering, so that we don't actually see it. But if we watch them carefully, we can see it coming out in different ways. Listen, we, our softness can be seen by others through our acts of healing. So when we respond in softness, it's not a weakness 
regardless of what people in the world may say, it makes a difference in the way we see one another. Listen, we can choose this path. We can forgive ourselves. We can let go of anger. We can heal ourselves from the great sadness. And if you're thinking, oh, easier said than done, I'm going to say to you, so what? So what happens if you don't do it? I mean, worse yet, what happens to the soul of the caregiver who can't forgive themselves or chooses not to forgive themselves? How will it affect the way healing and care is delivered? Listen, it affects everything because we're all interconnected. So we're all drawn together. It will affect you to the core. So this act of forgiveness is your soul's ability to unburden the heaviness of your spirit and of situations that we experienced and to surrender to something that's more powerful, This that this inner peace is waiting for us. It wants us to embrace uh, compassion and empathy. And it will connect us to our sense of purpose and we'll have a renewed sense of purpose that will be really a gift to all of us as caregivers. It's what's going to drive you forward in healthcare and help you seek out those moments where you can recognize the superpower that's in yourself, which is you are a healer. You are born to heal other people through your words, your deeds, and your actions. And I will tell you, I know firsthand how this feels, this idea that we need to get better at letting go. We need to take our time out as part of this journey of forgiving ourselves. Whether you write your obituary and you imagine those words of what people would say to you, whether you pen that letter to the 13-year-old younger version of yourself explaining the things that you want forgiveness for, or whether you pen down those words and of those experiences that happened to you during COVID. Whatever it is that you choose, just take an action and have faith and trust that that is the beginning of your healing journey. Listen, if you don't hear it enough, and I know you don't, thank you for all you do in the care of people. I mean, the work that you do is soul filling, purposeful work. You are making a difference every day, not only for just showing up, but for caring for people that are perfect strangers that are coming to you with pain and suffering and recognize that you are a healer. So thank you for showing up and just allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough and courageous enough to heal your heart so you can continue to do this great work. So join me in an upcoming podcast. I hope you have a great day. And don't forget to take time out in quiet reflection today to just think about the things you bring to this world and the gifts, talents, and skills you have. Goodbye, everyone.